one. Welcome to the backbeat. I'm still that same bitch. I'm still that same bitch. to the backbeat in this one i chat to maz from wax which is massive um we do have some technical difficulties at the start so it took us a while to get into things if things are a bit jarred and and sort of split up at the very beginning that's why um but it was really good to chat to maz um they've got their tour coming up for the latest album at least i'm free which is a banger um and it was really great to chat to her before everything kicks off in october so give it a listen enjoy and let us know what you think of the new album uh and we'll catch you in the next one be quiet mate i'm on the oh my god he's losing it my mom's like trying to okay we're good we're good he's chill (laughs) that's a great start i love it Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, hi. Nice to meet you. See you. Whatever. <laughs> See you too. Um, what have you been doing and talking about today already? Um, just the, the usual stuff. I mean, a lot of people are just super hyped about the record, which is really exciting for me. Like, after sitting on it for so long um, and, you know, just holding on um to something that i've been wanting to let go of for ages mm. so yeah it's been it's been good yeah so holding on is that like it's related to how like it's all breakup inspired and the last one in your words was more of a fuck you kind of compilation um this one sounds a bit more bittersweet and well-wishing, which sounds like a bit of a, a, a mat- maturation that comes with experience rather than age, I find. Um, those prior headspaces, that, that, that grudge holding and stuff, can have a huge like subconscious energy sap effect. So have you found that th- that sort of headspace affected your own men- mental health and well-being at the time? You're in a better um, place now? Yeah, like I my, – my mental health – when I was creating Big Grief was really not great. Um, and, you know, after I moved on, uh, for, there was a huge um, shift in the band and literally everything that could have gone wrong went wrong and I got to the point where I had to, you know, I was going through so much at once and I think it just gave me, after so much pain and so many, like, really crappy events going on I, I gained a lot of perspective and I think that came through in my writing um and I think just you know growing up yeah I, I went through a lot in that time period you know and and not only was that because of personal life stuff you know there was a, a pandemic in the mix so and I, and I think everybody like was forced to um look inward you know what I mean so um yeah, it's definitely an experiential thing for sure. Yeah, and and it's said that this record is is also then 
sort of expanding on your skills and everything. It's an, uh, an ambition to step beyond what you've called Australian rock and into a weirder, wilder, wilder landscape. But I'd say you guys are pretty well known for being a bit wild. So what is what's being added to that mix now? Well, for this record, I went in and um, did everything differently. Like the the the, the ethos going in was. Um, we want to have no rules because what had happened previously was the way the band was, we felt that we were at one certain kind of band and, you know, I felt like we had to, you know, adhere to um, like boundaries. But then I realised after everything had gone down internally with the band that that wasn't the case at all and that wasn't the artist I wanted to be. I didn't want to just be a rock artist. I wanted to be a pop artist. I wanted to be, you know, anything. I wanted to make art, like super arty shit. And um, so the first thing was I went out there and wrote with people outside of the band to um, change and uh, expand my perspective. And the and then we, we you know we started to incorporate samples and things like that which is something we hadn't done before i feel like with the previous record it was like um very this is a rock record this is what a rock record is yeah whereas this record it's like it's it's its own beast. It isn't anything in particular, but it's everything at once. <laughs> yeah, it's um there's a i find it's a lot softer than i would have anticipated and and yes I think in the best kind of ways um and and you've spoken a lot about those collaborations and bringing in other people is there anyone else on your wish list going forward to whether it's people or places or anything like that well definitely I'm planning to get back to LA um which is where I did um the co-writing for this record for No Dose and Dangerous Mm -hmm. and um that's kind of where I feel my most creative, to be honest with you. Um, so that's where I want to be. I want to write with everyone all the time. Like I, I don't, I'm not specific about who I write with as long as like, if you know, I go in and sit, like I'll listen to their music and if it's something that I can relate to and feel like I would vibe with them, then I just give it a red hot go. But yeah, I definitely need to be able to have something to hold on to. Like, I, yeah, I can't just get in a room with someone whose lyrics I can't relate to. Like, yeah. I need to be able to get on their same level. Yeah. So what is it about LA in particular then that you think brings out that creative oomph? I just think the work ethic, for one. Um, you know, their people are, they don't, they're not up against the same um cultural biases that we have here in Australia against the arts. Yeah. For example, you know, if I tell someone on the street, hey, I'm a musician, they're like, oh, so what's your real job? You know what I mean? Whereas over there, your your artistic pursuits are encouraged and acknowledged as a real practice and a real career choice um yeah it's just it's a whole different energy so they take their songwriting really seriously because they see it as a job not as like a dream you know mm. what I mean yeah and I the difference and, and when I went over there and had that experience that's how I changed because I had achieved a lot and had a lot of success like um 
with my last record um, to a like a degree that I wasn't expecting at least. And but I still didn't um, I didn't acknowledge myself as a songwriter. I just saw myself as I don't know. Can't really say. I sort of I don't know. I just didn't take it. Um, I, I I made it too personal for myself rather than separating myself and treating it as a career, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, everything was hanging on it. So I would get really anxious all the time and the writing process was quite um, daunting because every time I'd write a song, I'd, you know, I'd feel like, oh, well, and that's it. You know, I've run out, I've lost my mojo, it's all done. <laughs> You know, whereas with I, you know, once I had that experience over in LA, I was like, doesn't have to be so personal all the time. It can just be fun. It can just be your career. It can just be a day to day thing. You know, sometimes you hit it and sometimes you don't. It just changed my whole perspective. Yeah, I saw in a, I think it was an interview with Women in Pop about a, a shift in confidence when you were kind of rebuilding the band and everything like that and, and redeveloping yourselves. And it, it sounds like this whole creative process has been a real turning point in recognition of like your own, I think you said something about seeing your own potential for the first time and, and, and feeling seen in that way. And what would you say to yourself, say like a year ago or 10 years ago, if you could to sort of give yourself that own, you know, self-confidence? Yeah, I'd say stop listening to everyone else's opinion and listen to your own. I think I was like, I think I had an inner, like, intuitive wisdom about what I should do, but I would get so clouded by the people around me telling me how I should do things. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the number one rule for me anyway is to follow my gut because that never gets, it never fucks me over. It's always on point. And, um, yeah, I just wish I, I wouldn't take back my, um, you know, roller coaster of a career. Like I would, I don't regret anything. And I know that I was where I was for whatever reason, but yeah, I'd love to, you know, if I could have just trusted myself a little bit more earlier on, maybe I would have avoided a lot of the crap that I went through. <laughs> it's always hindsight. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got quite a couple like I, I run a whole team under this podcast of people who are photographers and writers and and a couple of the musicians themselves and um there's two girls in particular on the team that are like absolutely obsessed with you guys um including one of my photographers Lauren who I think she did the the show you did with Baker's Eddie in Melbourne a little while back oh yeah and they they have their own sort of questions that I've, I've wanted to throw in to ask as well, um, kind of relating back to that, you know, self-confidence and, and, and helping other people realise their own. So the, Lauren's first question was, what does it mean to you to see so many women working in the industry these days? Um, it means absolutely everything. Like I've been doing this for 10 years. So when I came into the, came into the fold, um, it was very male dominated. Um, and the rock scene was fucking weird. Like <laughs> it, we wear leather jackets and we drink heaps of booze. And yeah, we're from Sydney, like that kind of vibe. Oh God. And like so much like just show pony type shit. 
and it was just and, and we didn't know where to fit in like because you know there were just there was just like I was always the the only girl um on the lineup like for so many years mm. and it sort of started to shift from about 2015 2016 is when I really saw some real change yeah because like a lot of um, a lot of women in the industry, um, artists in particular, kind of galvanized and started talking more about how we can make it better and more diverse. And it's just getting better and better. I feel like we've still got a ways to go, especially in the heavy music sector, which is um, I've been I, I've been involving myself in that scene a little bit lately. Um, and I have to say, uh, it's still very male dominated, and I feel like. Um, you know, it needs a, 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 an environment needs to be created where women feel comfortable to operate in that space because it's yeah, it's really broy still. Broy, yeah. I think that's probably. I think, like you were saying, I think that's around the time that that um, what's it called? Um, Me too. Move. There's that, but there was even specific to the music industry, there was that thing where they removed all of the male, only male acts from festival lineups and stuff. I can't yeah. remember what it's called. Um, but but I think that was around that time as well where people were becoming more aware of just how minimal effort it is. And um, I was chatting to some some guys I know who run, I don't know if you've heard of it, um, what we did on the weekend. It's another music podcast. Uh, I'm not sure if I've heard it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they mainly do like heavy music and, and, um, they're based in Melbourne and they, I was chatting to them when we were at Unify, um, about how, how easily they, people excuse themselves. They, they go, oh, it's just too hard to find, uh, female led bands or whatever that are actually, you know, up there or willing to participate or, you know, ready to perform. It's like, well, actually there's there's plenty <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, yeah you're just not dedicating yourself or caring enough to to make it happen and it's really unfortunate to see but it is it's good to yeah watch it gradually get better and better it's it's a bit hopeful at least yeah 100 percent. and i feel like you know there's just so many benefits to having more diversity on a lineup because it's it, it shows the people at the grassroots at you know just starting out that it's possible like you can only, you know, be what you see, you know, like if you see it, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's getting better. It's just so still behind in a lot of um, genres. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I spoke, and like a, another one kind of from the team was being the level that you guys are now and, you, you know, you're getting that level of recognition and everything and having these conversations, um, d- I'm sure you have a lot of conversations with like your fans and people at gigs and things like that. And um, another one from Lauren was to do with f- like h- how it feels to hear that people look up to you in that way and and see you as that, you know, what, what they want to be. Yeah, to me it feels like a great honour. Um, I feel like I can't, like it, it blows me away every day that people appreciate me for just being me and my authentic self. And um, I think a lot of people have been on the like along for the ride with me and watched me evolve as a person because I've grown up through the process of my band. Yeah. If you look back over the years, you can see me as a 20-year-old. You can see me as a 23, 24. You know, as I get older and older, 
um, it's it's a great honor, um, and that's the reason why I do what I do. If that's if if I if my job in this you know life is to help us, like they're a part of something, and they can grow and you know nurture themselves to become like the best versions of themselves. Then I'm fucking stoked. That's all I could ever ask for. Yeah, beautiful. I think that's. It's probably the same across the board with most people, but it's interesting to see people's uh, perspective change from being that person who, you know, looked up to and went, that's impossible, how do I do that, to, to being able to tell people how to do that one day. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, I, like the, the, one, the one kind of, like, um, compass that I kind of come back to a lot is, Am I being the person that I needed to, to, to I needed to see when I was younger? You know, yeah. like I want to become the person that I've always wanted to be because I just didn't have that when I was younger. Like it was just, you know, yeah. The music industry in Australia back then, like, was pretty barren. Like it was, it was pretty, it was pretty slow and. Like it's grown a lot over the years, but yeah. Yeah, I like it's interesting seeing the culture change too from like, you know, maybe a couple of generations ago where rather than I think the conversation shifts from rather than being I want to be for others what I needed when I was younger because I feel like a lot of the time, you know, 20, 30 years ago the conversation was more like or maybe even further back than that, it was more like, oh, well, you know, um, it was way harder for us back then and, and they don't know what they've got and they just need to harden up and deal with it versus now it's like, well, actually, I want to be the support that I, w- I, I needed then. They shouldn't have to deal with hardening up and they should have the resources and the support that they need to to reach 100%. that level. Yeah. 100%. Like I just, I, I when I came into this industry, I hated the gatekeeping of it all. Yeah. Like why should people have to learn the hard way? Why can't things just be supportive and nice? Why can't people? And it's a lot better now, especially like coming from the Brisbane uh, music scene. We're all friends. Yeah. But it was that when we started out, we were the black sheep. Nobody helped us. You know, I found myself in so many compromising business situations because no one helped me. I was literally out here green. I'd moved um, to a city from the Gold Coast. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know how anything operated and no one really wanted to help me until I started getting recognized until I started, you know, but before like like a lot of people could have, you know, could have helped out, but they chose not to because they were, you know, feathering their own nest. It's not about that. It's about the community, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's really nice to see that sort of wholesome connection sticking itself out. Um, and I know that like, like, like promotional campaigns like this, even, and everything involved with recording and promotion and, and, you know, building yourself up when you are at that level and then, and then touring and everything, when a new release comes out, it can be quite, you know, full on and tiring and, and a lot to, you know, have on your plate. So in the time that you've, you know, been, uh, learning along the way and dealing with all of that, what have been, what's, what, what would you say would be first off, like the most difficult but then also like the best parts about that whole process? Yeah. That's a hard question. <laughs> I've been through a lot of difficulty in my career. Like it has not been easy in any sense of the word. Um, you know, the hardest part 
is um, learning who you should and shouldn't trust. Mm-hmm. Was younger, I put a lot of trust into people I shouldn't have, and um, I got burnt a lot, both personally and 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 in a business sense. And um, you know, I just I, I just always used to think that um, you know you can see the good in people. And I still try to be like that, but I, you know, I just, yeah, I got burnt a lot. Um, a lot of people aren't looking out for your best interests and you have to be pretty quick at figuring out who those people are and staying away from them and, um, you know, do your research, like just don't, don't, don't make impulsive decisions like Mm. as much. As much as like it's 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 painted to people that you're you're a creative, you're not you don't have a business mind, you know you know you're not allowed to you know blah blah blah. So I, I had it in my head like I'm a creative, like I'll get a manager and they'll figure all my financial shit out. It's like no, um, you're a business owner. If you want to, if you actually want to take your music to a bigger platform, you're a business owner. So you still have to somewhat look out for your interests in a business sense as well as a creative sense. Um, from in a, in a a um, From the good part of it is that I get dates and um, you know what I'm so stoked about is um, being able to nurture and grow a community that understands me. And um, through all the crap that I've been through, I get to meet people on a daily basis that understand after feeling so like like isolated and and sad and and Mm. um growing up I was like so um yeah I was so I just felt like no one got me and then all of a sudden now I've got a community around me that really supports me yeah hell yeah and I I think I even comparing your releases with this collection of songs, it seems to be more sadness and a bit of love rather than the hatred from, and, and, you know, the rage and anger from the last one. Um, It's already out, but for anyone who hasn't heard the album yet, what would you tell them to prepare for? I would tell them that they need to um, just go in with an open mind um, and let, let just, you know, I'd, I'd tell them to listen to it front to back because it makes the most sense that way as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, um, just thank you. I would tell them thank you. Thank you for listening and giving, us, giving you know, my, my work some of your time. That's that's really all I could ask for. Um, and it's uh, it's supposed to take you all over the shop. It's supposed to have a lot of, um, you know, samples and, um, you know, different styles of you know production so yeah yeah and you've said that this album like in a, I was looking at your other interviews and that this might even be a bit a bit too personal of an album there was an apology to your exes at one point <laughs> um what's what's a track or line that being so personal you're most personally attached to mm. um probably uh in man like me man like me is probably the most personal song on the whole record like mm-hmm. it's the most like um, real time thing that kind of happened, and there's like a line that's like, "What's that on your hand?" I used to wear a ring like that. Yeah. Um, 
because I literally said that to my ex. <laughs> and then, <laughs> um, so that was just straight up, literally come straight out of my day. You know Quoting life. I mean? <laughs> it happens, it happens. Yeah. What is it? It's um, art imitates life. <laughs> well, that's, that's all that, I mean, I can't help but like write from a place that, I'm like, I, I want to be able people to know me, you know, I want it to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And I do play around with writing different, you know, in different ways from different perspectives, from different people's like, um, play, like, yeah. Um, but I feel the best, the best songs that come out of me are the most authentic and the most real. And, you know, the way that I combat that is I give people the heads up, like, I told people, um, I was like, hey, this song is pretty what we went through. I'm sorry about it. <laughs> and they'll just be like, they, you know, they want the best for me. So they, they cop it. I was like, well, that's what you get dating a songwriter. What do you want? You know? <laughs> yeah, it happens. Any creative, really. Like, you're going to have your name put up somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess... It kind of, it's a much more lighthearted question, but it kind of ties in with that whole like quoting from real life thing. Um, in your interview with Milky that came out just today, um, at one point you said Mo- Mozart was a woo girl. Was that a How I Met Your Mother quote? I don't know. It is was, it? yeah, like woo girl is in a, it kind of was the first thing from a, an episode of How I Met Your Mother. That's so weird. No, I didn't, I didn't even. <laughs> Even watch how I met your mother. That's so um, weird. <laughs> that's so funny. I was like, oh, oh. I And also, like, to be fair, I don't know. I was watching that interview today, and I was like, oh my god. Um, that night, I hadn't slept at all because I was really, really sick, and you could see it in my face. Like, I was like, I look unwell, um, and I don't know got through with that I just was like I had such bad asthma and breathing problems during that period um so yeah I don't know what came out of my mouth obviously that (laughs) words words is all they needed so you know what I mean yeah job 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 well done (laughs) um my last ish question is what are you going to do after this week to recover and and sort of look after yourself before the huge tour kicks off in October well this weekend wouldn't you know, um, is our guitarist's Bucks Night weekend thing. (gasps) Nice. (laughs) He's getting married later in the year. So um, we're going away as the band just to hang out and, you know, recharge and just like not talk about music and just talk about dumb shit, you know, like we haven't had a chance yet to not, like we've been so busy over the last few weeks with this release. We haven't actually had a chance to um, just be bros. We've just been like, done this. Have you done this? I've done this. I've, you know what I mean? It's the just business. been very, very business. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice just to catch up. And I just like to um, go to, you know, try and look after my health as well and get myself ready, you know, mentally and physically for this. It's like going to be such a massive tour. So yeah, it's, it's a lot to take on. Like there's how many dates are there? I didn't even. Uh, there's 21. 21 dates. So I think the biggest I've seen from like a local band was 25 and that was Baker's Eddie. Um, so like yeah. anything above 10, I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, but it, it actually, it's actually 
the biggest tour we've ever done in our whole 10 years of doing it. Um, and we used to tour a lot, but we used to do like a lot of different tours back to back. Like we'd get on a supports and then we'd have our headline single tour, then another support, then a you know, record tour. Now it's just like a big old, big fat old album tour. So <laughs> Well, it's good, you know, it's it's up and up kind of thing. It's indicative that, you know, you're doing the right thing, I guess. Hope so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm my best out here. <laughs> That's all anyone can ask. Um, okay, cool. Well, very last question. I don't know if you've actually been able to, like, mentally prep at all, but top three current Aussie artists that you're listening to can be new or old, just what you're listening to at the moment. Um, well, the first one is Susie. I really love her. She's... Um, just like such a sweet angel and I really love her songs and she also has been um she played a show with us in Geelong and we just got along like a house on fire and I remember at the time I was like trying to learn how to use TikTok and she already was like oh I'll show you blah 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 and I was like can you teach me this is scary I don't understand she's all over (laughs) it I went to uni with Susie she's an absolute legend yeah she's a total legend um and i'm also gonna give a shout out to my bestie holly joy um she is um a brisbane artist and she's uh just an amazing like folk um singer song artist that i just love so much and i just love watching her you know her career grow um and um who else I'm listening to a lot of Cousin Tony's brand new Firebird. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them before. No. Um, they are, you definitely check them out. They're actually so good. Um, kind of sounds, it's like Gang of Youthsy, but like, you know, with their own flair. Um, yeah, super sick band. So those are, those are my picks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, love it. I always love finding names that I don't already know, you know, get get across the whole lot of them. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for chatting. Um, I hope you get a bit of rest in after all of this media stuff. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And sorry about the technical difficulty at the start. That's all right. I hope your next one doesn't have the same issue because, you know, you're on your 5G, <laughs> is it now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on 5G. We're just rolling the dice out here. What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> I I had my actual internet just completely cut itself out mid-interview once and it was the biggest nightmare ever. So, you know, we're, we're doing better than that. <laughs> okay, great. Um, oh, nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Um, I I can guarantee you'll see our guys along at, at one of your next shows on the tour or something. They're, they're, they're absolutely stoked to see you. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Look after yourself. You too, mate. Take care. See ya. Bye.